Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Would you rather have wireless on the most reliable network nationwide or unlimited with 5G for $30 a month per line? You don't have to choose with Xfinity Mobile. Wireless so good it keeps one-upping itself. Most reliable based on Root's metric U.S. report. Results vary, not an endorsement. $30 per month per line when you get four lines. Family. It looks a little different for everyone. For some, it's mom and dad. For others, roommates who feel like family. And for others, it's your significant other, their golfing buddies, your children, a high school soccer team starting lineup, and oh look, they're all taking you up on the offer to stay for dinner, really testing the limits of that phrase, the more the merrier. But no matter where you call home, GEICO makes it easy to bundle and save on home and car insurance. Easier than making three frozen pizzas and assorted frozen veggies into a cohesive meal. The Fearless Curious Soul, Goldilocks Productions presents The Deep Reading, <laughs> connecting you to your soul show. This is Suzanne Wyman, The Deep Psychic. Welcome, and thank you for joining me today. Please think about the commentary that you uh, can relate to. I want you to feel included and know that if this conversation resonates to who and what you are, then you are part of something greater than yourself. The universe is connecting to you and answering your questions. <clears throat> so today's uh, conversation is a little bit different. I want you to know, if you're listening right now, that you are welcome to join in simply by calling 206-806-9965 and include yourself in the conversation. So don't always do it where it's just open and you're welcome to call in and it's just random. So if you would like to do that, just give me a call and we will bring you on. But today I'm having a conversation um, with my husband. Uh, so, <clears throat> excuse me, let's bring him on and let's get... Hello. Hi, Rich. How are you? Oh, I'm good. How are you? Good, good. Thank you so much. Hmm. 
Thanks so, for having me on. Uh, you're welcome. You're somebody who's the biggest fan of uh, radio shows and talk radio of anybody I've ever known. You have a real ear for listening for it. So um, you are a perfect person to include in this process because you know exactly how to ask questions and how to make the tempo of the show sort of move along. So you and I designed the show, and it was really about asking questions about what it's like to live as a psychic, work as a psychic, and have the um, process of education and training that goes on in order to become really good as a psychic working in the world today, because today it is a different world. Yes, it is. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, So tell my audience what you do, please. Well, I'm an artist. I make a living as an artist, and I do impressionist work. I was trained in Spain by my uncle, Mm -hmm. and I've... uh, I've uh, sort of created the field of painting live events. I paint weddings and events as they happen, and at the end of the night, they, the party has a complete oil painting of their event, which will last for lifetimes. That's what the idea is, and I love it. It's really a, it's an amazing thing. Okay, so right now there's not any weddings going on, so what are you doing now? <laughs> Take, taking whatever comes along taking okay. whatever comes along so right now I'm working on a piece a couple got married uh, about 12 years ago in Texas and you were doing a, a party at Terranea in Palos Verdes mm-hmm. for Littler Law and that was right. a six hour event <laughs> and <laughs> six hours and yeah, so I was on the coast there painting the San Vicente Lighthouse, which is beautiful. It's from, like, 1932, mm-hmm. and I sat there, and I painted with watercolors as you were doing the party. And this uh, gentleman came by. He saw what I was doing, and he came by again. He was all lit up. He goes, I want to get that for my wife. She works for Littler Law. She's at the party right now, and she just had a huge promotion and I'd love to get this for her as sort of like a gift. I go, great, yeah. And so he went to the ATM and came back and came for the painting, and then we've been in contact since then. And uh, his wife, the picture's hanging in her office, and all the people from Littler Law, the office she works at, come by and see it, and they remember that day and that event. And so he's kept kept in touch, and so yeah. So right now I'm doing from photos his uh, his wedding ceremony. Wow! And so that's keeping me busy. That's good. Oh, it's really good. You know, it's funny when you talk about me doing a party. So Littler Law for I think it was five or six years, maybe it was more. For one week, they would take and they would come to Taranea in Rancho Palos Verdes, California, and they would hold. Um, their conference, which was their classes, um, in order to get their credit. Um, it was an award ceremony. It was dinners. I mean, it was just activity, 16 hours a day, seven days in a row. And on one of those days, 
there would be a day where they talked about what they needed to do to take better care of their health. You know, these attorneys, you know, I don't even know how they work 90 hours a week. I didn't know you could work 90 hours a week. But they work these uh, long, long days, and they um, they don't do much to take care of their health, so they set up this room, and they had to go and get certain things checked, how much sun exposure were they getting, which was, you know, not, not a common problem. Um, blood pressure. Right. <laughs> um, but then there was all these, these really good foods, you know, raw foods, raw nuts and, um, you know, raw fruits and vegetables and um, vegetarian hummus and, you know, just some things to eat and keep their energy going. And then they could get a massage in a chair and they could come right. and talk to the psychic. So, um, and this was just, I mean, this was just one piece of one event on one day, and it's just a really tiny event. I mean, for, I mean, in comparison to the whole event. So one year they decided that they were going to economize and they weren't going to bring me out, the people that you know booked me in, and the the woman said she would never do that again because she spent the whole day answering the question. People came up to her and they said, "Okay, I did all the things I'm supposed to do. Now I'm ready to talk to the psychic lady. Where is she?" And she had to spend the entire day telling them that she hadn't brought wow. me. So after that, they said, no, no, never again. We won't do that again. So people came and um, sat down and had a conversation with me. And, and it would be each year that they would come and they would sit and have this conversation. Um, and Littler Law, is the, uh, they're focused simply on uh, labor, um, mm-hmm. excuse me, labor management management they are, mm-hmm. they are a management law firm so it is 112 offices in 68 countries and wow. uh they are the largest law firm in the world today so um great group of attorneys uh always very kind and very personable um and a lot of fun these are the attorneys that are writing law and changing the world but now, yeah, they were look- yeah, they're totally looking forward to you. I mean, people don't have the opportunity because they're so busy with their day to day stuff, and unless they just come across a psychic, they're not going to be out. You know, oh, today's our psychic day, and so that's what really made you showing up at this event so special. That it was so different, and it made their minds work. And it's yeah, they look forward to you every year. The clients came back and were looking. You've seen them before, and they wanted right. to talk to you again. Right, right. So, um, <clears throat> yeah, it's it's an interesting it's an interesting situation there because, um, you know, the person the person sitting in front of me has not paid for the reading, so right. Um, I'm not allowed to um, hand out my business card because I'm booked through an event planner which books me through a person who handles the event work for Littler Law. So I'm I'm a third party booking. And so it's kind of it kind of gets um in one sense very separated, but in a whole other sense it's extremely liberating. Of course they could look me up. Anybody who wants to find um me and, and has put, you know, ten minutes worth of effort into it has always been able to find me. So um I think, but yeah, I think it's a brilliant. Oh, go ahead. 
But I do think it is interesting that each time you went there and you did a painting, sitting outside and doing a painting, by the way, this is January, which is probably the coldest month of the year in California. Um, That's right. You know, and there you were sitting outside and doing a painting for the day. Um, It seems like that painting always sold. I don't know exactly how that happened, but it turns out that it, it always got sold. And people remembered you, so it was, it was. It's one of those. It's one of those times when you and I are at, at the same location for the day, but we're not actually working together, which is kind of our story at different times in our life, right? Absolutely, yeah. We find ourselves at the same place, maybe like a week later, or right. in the same area. I mean, you'll work up in L.A. and I'll be up in L.A. or you'll be in Newport Beach and then next week I'll be in Newport Beach. That's pretty That's pretty amazing, huh? Yeah, that goes on and on. So, um, but yeah, that's always a great event. This year they said they were going to move it to another uh, location, so it might be the last time that I do it, but we'll see. You did that, you did that, for, you did that for how many years? I can't remember. I think it was six. I think it. I think they started out at the Four Seasons in Carlsbad. They didn't book me for one year, and then uh, I was at Taranea six years in a row. That's that's how I remember it, but I'm not sure about that. But well, I don't. How many people? Go ahead. Oh, how many people do you think you do readings for in that uh, six-hour time period? <clears throat> well, the goal is supposed to be that um, I do ten readings. Um, an hour, so, um, but, um, no, no, the goal is 12 to 15 readings in an hour, and, um, and then they, then they want those numbers, you know, at the end of the day, they want those numbers, so it's 12 to 15 readings in an hour, that's the average expectation of a psychic who works a party, is to work 12 12 to 15 readings in an hour, and, um, you know, they don't want you to take a break. I mean, they'll let you take, you know, <laughs> let you take a break, but, you know, they're just not really too eager to give you that break. So, um, but, yeah, it's a great, it's a great, it's a great situation because, you know, it's, there's no place for me to go and get a, buy a snack and get something to eat and stuff like that. So they say, oh, yeah, you're welcome to anything that's out. And the, not not many people offer to feed the psychic. I don't know why. Um, that sounds funny. Yeah. That sounds funny when you so funny when you put it that way. You know, oh, they don't. They're not. They're not human. They don't need anything. Just oh no. Keep them busy. Yeah, no. Just keep just keep keep the guests moving through your table. Um, <laughs> and um, you know, I spent so many. I spent decades trying to train psychics to work parties, and it was the most thankless task I ever set out to do because I'm sure that there's, like, a really qualified um, group of people that could do it, but I just never could get them to take and do the work to be an efficient party psychic, and it's not that they were not qualified, talented, or insightful enough or skilled, it had nothing to do with it. it. Had to do with the fact that they just didn't want to have to work that hard. They just didn't want to do it. So, um, yeah, that's really hard work. I mean, one person after another, after another, after another, and 
like I say, people just want if more, they just want more, which right. is great, you know, because right. you're doing so well. But they just uh-huh. want more, and it's, it's a it's it's an amazing process to watch watch you work those parties. Yeah, I don't think it's. I think it's like a. I think it's different for me because I'm not too attached. Right. I'm not attached to the process. I don't think. Oh, I have to do this just perfect. It's like the person in front of me hasn't paid me. The person in front of me is just one of many people today, um, and somebody's always going to have something to say. Always. So that doesn't matter. And it's just simply about. It's about the ability to pace yourself, have endurance, not take it personally, and keep the movement going. The worst thing for a hostess is to see her party lined up in front of my table. That's the worst thing for the hostess to have to see because it's like, where's my party? So (laughs) you do have to keep the crowd going. Um, But I really, I really do enjoy. I do enjoy doing a party like that, and um, I had kind of always hoped that they would include me in something else, but. I got my spot, and then that was it. And so, and that's how large corporate events function is: is that they they organize the day, and then everybody knows what the day is going to be like. So that's just the way it goes. Not a big deal. Yeah, it's a special gift to the uh, their clients, the people they're throwing the the event for, because it's like for many days, and every day they got to come up with something new, something different to keep them entertained, and and you do these readings for people, and these it just Everybody goes around afterwards saying, "Oh, that was great! That was great! You got to do it! You got to do it!" So there's a right. there's a number of parties you walk into where people are kind of they're not really sure what's going on. What what is she doing? And all it takes is and you kind of stir it up. You get two or three or four readings, and then they go out into the group, and it sells itself. People go, "Oh, you got to do that! It's so much fun." Well, all I've right. never done it before. So you got to do it. It's just it's great. Right. Right, that is that <clears throat> one of the things that probably is the most interesting about working in public as a party psychic is is that people that would never do it. I mean, they would never do it. They would never mm-hmm. take and look up a psychic and call the psychic and make an appointment. They would never do it. In that situation, they do a reading and, you know, it's their first time. So I I would say I mean, there's been times when I've gone to a party and nobody at the party has ever had a psychic reading. And I'm like, oh, my God. Right. Virgins. Virgins everywhere. (laughs) Virgins. Um, So I just am like, oh. So, um, but then by the end, um, it's a lot of fun. I always tell them, when I ask somebody, I say, have you ever been to a psychic? And they say, nope, nope, never been to a psychic. I go, oh, my gosh, I am so glad because I'm going to take the bar <laughs> so high, no right. psychic is ever going to make you happy again. I'm going to be right. the only one. And I know that sounds so arrogant. It sounds so completely no. arrogant. But, you know, the goal is is that each person that gets up from that seat and joins the party, because I'm not the party. I'm just the entertainment. I'm one of the pieces of entertainment for that event. They they go back and they join the party and they've had a really good time. So the idea is that each person gets up, they're happy, they're content, and um, away they go. So, um, so, go ahead. Oh, there's two types of parties that you do. I'm just thinking right now. You did the Littler Law, which is a six-hour event. 
Oh. So you're doing readings for six hours, and then there's the Armenian Eye Care Center where you're just you have to come out like a cannon for like what is it an hour and a half a cocktail hour party? Yeah, it's two hours. And there's and there's like yeah two hours, and there's like about 150 people there, something like that. We have 325 people at the event. 325 people, and you've got to just fire on all cylinders for two <laughs> two hours while yeah. they're having cocktails. <laughs> and you've been doing and you've been and you've been doing that event for a number of years now. Right. That's the <clears throat> I like I like the Balboa Bay Club. It's kinda of old school country, um country club kind of setting, you know, dark, you know, a lot of wood and a lot of leather. Um <laughs> rather old school, you know. What? What? <laughs> dark but, but no, it's and then it's also fascinating that you're working with uh, Armenian um community and having to, you know, that's a whole different culture going on right there. And they, <clears throat> that, one is, that one is interesting because before they start um, the eye care fundraiser, what they do is they, they put together enough money to buy a van and then these vans go through these little tiny um, roads and these little tiny outlying villages in Armenia where they, you know, the people, you know, the people are, you know, so poor that they can't even afford bus fare in order to get down to see a doctor. And then, I mean, how how long would they have to travel in order to get to a doctor? So there, there just isn't any options. And they have terrible visual problems that are going on in that situation. And so um, they're also um, they're, they're, um, not Roman Catholic, but they're Orthodox Catholics. And so they, they have a very long prayer service before the meal starts. And at first, the first time I saw that, you know, Father was there, I thought, oh, no, these people won't do this. But that, mm-hmm. is, an in, that is an interesting thing. Um, because I was part of the party, they were like, oh, yeah, yeah, it's okay for us to do it. Father's here. He's watching. And so right. so that that is an interesting sort of little slant um, on, on the whole party and the celebration and the fundraising. And it's a... It's, it's they only do one fundraiser. They um, have a silent auction. They have a fundraiser, and they have a lot of doctors. And it's really it's really a great event. I love the music the most. I just love I know. That music. <laughs> it's so it's so nice to go to an event and have like cultural music, and you just feel like you're somewhere else for a little while. Just okay. a different atmosphere and the smell of the food. <laughs> Yeah, you're working there and you're doing readings, but you're smelling the food go by and everything. <laughs> I'm not there to eat. That's what I always tell people. I always say, no. I'm not there to. I'm not there to eat. So that's just enough of that. But um, so another another parties that you do that have been canceled uh, this year in the past, hopefully, have been uh-huh. grad nights. What's uh, a grad night? Oh, please save me from the grad nights. I think I got too old for that. I just got too old. So the kids love it. They, you know, they just, they, the kids are just all full of enthusiasm and you say hormones and all that, but yeah, they <laughs> love it when you're there. That, that is, that has got to be the most brutal kind of work for uh, a psychic to be doing a grad night starting at, you get there at 11 and then how late do you work to them? No, no, no. I started, I started at 10. I go, I go to work at 10. The kids arrive usually between 1030 and 11 and I work until 3 a.m. Oh. And, and there's, like, 
there's got to be what 400 kids. Got 400 kids at the. Oh my God, it's crazy how many kids there are. That's another situation where um, I guess they they did a thing um, on the numbers and they found that the number one night that um, high school kids would die would be on their grad night because they would they would go out and they would you know they would drink or they would do something stupid. They'd be in a car. Because they wanted to go out and celebrate, and then they would die on grad night. And so this movement came about to take and create a grad night party that was so fun and so enticing, and everybody was included, of course. And um, so, you know, sort of one of the little forbidden items is, um, you know, talking to the psychic. And so I don't know how many years I did modern days, um, grad night but uh you know that was just that was one of the enticements for the kids to feel like they got to do something that was really cool was that they uh-huh. got to go and talk to the psychic um once again a situation of where you know i always prefer to be supervised i don't i don't have any problem with somebody listening to my work i don't give privacy at parties for a really simple reason um, if you give somebody privacy, they'll talk way too long. You don't give them privacy. They have a tendency to get up and move out of that chair. But I did really enjoy a mother or one of the chaperones or one of the parents staying close by and listening to what I had to say. And um, and sometimes there would be somebody who was who was really good and say, you know what she's talking about. And they're like, no. And then, and then that person would <laughs> say, oh, the following. And they go, oh, yeah, I get it. So um, I don't think people realize how self-conscious the process is of getting um, a reading, a psychic reading in public. Um, it's an extremely self-conscious process. And mm-hmm. um, they're so focused in on um, how to do it correctly that they don't really relax. And then by the time they've begun to get into it, it's over. So I always tell teenagers, you know, do you have you know how to work the recording device on your telephone if you do just record it and they record it and so that's really the best yeah it is people people always say you work so fast which you have to do at a party you have to talk fast you have to be direct you have to there's no wavering there's no there's no fat on the on the meat on the bone you know you really got to go into it with these with the in a party situation so when people do record it that's such a wise thing to do because it, it goes by in a flash. You got like three minutes or five minutes to do a reading for somebody, right. and it's really deep. It's really solid for just that short period of time. Right, right. No, it's, no, it's fascinating when when you did these um, grad nights and they're for affluent uh, neighborhoods mm. or affluent communities. Is the themes you came away with? Mm. Like, what was the theme of this, the, all these kids? So that was always that was such an interesting um that's such a great oh, that's such a great commentary because um there were these grad nights that I did for a period of time it must have been 15 years ago and they would bring in they would tell me I had to bring another person with me and I would bring George Hahn with me and um George and I sat down and we went to work and we went to work at one point we both looked up at each other and he said i just can't believe i just can't not believe these kids and it was it was an area that was 
I guess we would say it was sort of a, a middle-class sort of setting. Um, it was Manhattan Beach, and it was, you know, these children were in public school. Is that right? Yeah, they were in public school. So it wasn't really like they were placed into a private school. They were in public school. But they were in an area that was really very affluent. And I found that the theme was is that the children that had died in uh, the African AIDS epidemic had instantly been reborn to these um, families in, you know, this suburban setting. And they had actually even... They had actually even chosen to be born as a group, and George and I both found that they had all the markings on their hands, their feet, their ears, their teeth, of um, <clears throat> of a spirit that has, you know, not taken in, you know, I mean, in the spirit world, you know, that's like 10 minutes in a waiting room, you know. Wow. So they had turned around and chosen to be reborn. But then they had chosen to be reborn to couples that had infertility issues also because many of these families waited until the women were in their early 40s. And mm-hmm. um, <clears throat> and so there's also the added sort of... Um, bonus of um, kind of correcting the balance of karma of taking a child being reborn um, to a couple who really wanted a child, really had hoped, wished, saved, planned, and wanted a child. And so it was a series of different things that, you know, the karma was sort of, you know, put into balance. But um, they were all in a position to take and become humanitarians and when i asked each one of them i said well you could live Mm -hmm. you could live and work for three years you could live in china india um or africa and the majority of them said africa now i'm not saying all of them did some of them said china which if you understand um the story there of the number of children that died um then you kind of you kind of understand that, but that was is such an interesting thing, and the the part that of course was really fun was that I was there with another person who you know had very different training, very different education, and he looked up and he had the same experience, he had the same um, piece of insight. So you know, and it's a situation you're just doing one child after the next, and. And I'll never forget this one girl that I saw. She had the headline lifeline disconnect, and she had seven stars in her hand. If you get one star, like, you know, that's great. <clears throat> it's really great. I mean, that, that's really, it's interesting. But she had seven stars. And I looked at her hand, and I said, where, where are you going to college? And she said, I'm going to Georgetown. And she was really mm-hmm. soft-spoken and sweet and everything else. But, you know, public school to Georgetown I don't think that happens much. I mean, I'm just making a guess at it. But, um, yeah, definitely, I really, I was thinking about that earlier. I was thinking I really miss doing grad nights. And then a part of me just said, oh, my gosh, I've, I don't miss the exhaustion. I do not miss the exhaustion. Because you're up all night. I don't go to sleep until 8.30 in the morning. You're, all, you're up for, you know, you're up for almost 24 hours straight. Yeah, so, it's like a, it takes like two, three days to recover from something like that. Yeah. I don't know if I ever really do recover. Maybe I, maybe I just lose part of my brain cells when I do that. So anyway, okay. You and I work interesting. On, interesting parties. I never would have talked about parties like this unless you brought it up. 
Well, here's here, here's another party that I would, I would just could see it working so well is uh, to do a party for a bridal shower. I mean, here's the bride. Everything's being lavished on her. It's her day and her moment. Uh-huh. And then she gets together with the girls for the bridal shower. Right. And I think it would be just one of the best things ever to bring in a psychic to entertain the party. I mean, it's all about when you do a psychic reading or a psychic party, it's all about them. You know, it's not about the, the you know. So you got the bride. And I would say bring a psychic in, bring you in to do readings and fun readings for the, uh-huh. the party. I think that would be such a hit. Bridal shower parties. Yeah, I like bridal showers. I also like the tea party. Um, I think the primary. I mean, I I certainly did a lot of um, a lot of bridal shower parties up at the. Freedom is a feeling, and the best way to truly feel free is behind the wheel of a Jeep SUV. Find out what true freedom feels like at Jeep Freedom Days. And now, financing at $2,500 total cash allowance on the purchase of a 2022 Jeep Grand Cherokee WK Laredo 4x4. Don't miss this great offer. Financing for well-qualified buyers through Chrysler Capital. Not all buyers will qualify. Residency restrictions apply. Must take retail delivery by 531-22. Jeep is a registered trademark. Peninsula Hotel in Beverly Hills, and that's that was right. a, that was really a very nice um, setting. Um, they have something called a living room that they set up, and it's really kind of ideally designed in order to set up a tea party or um, a corner for a conversation. And then they also had an, another room, which was a you know a ballroom. That's what we would call it, but it really wasn't designed like that. They made it look like it was. Um, a hotel room that really had just a large area in it that could seat 40 people, and it had a series of balconies on the back of it. And that was a beautiful room to have a tea party in. But I like doing um, tea leaf readings in a group because inevitably there is one, one in eight people has a natural ability to do tea leaf reading, and you find that one person and then, um, it sort of opens up the conversation. I don't think that uh, places that are, you know, hotels and restaurants really like um, the tea party set up because, I mean, they love doing a tea because a tea mm-hmm. is, is very, um, it's, a, it's a very efficient thing that you can do. There isn't anything hot. They can do all the preparation, cold preparation in advance, and then they simply, you know, come and make up the room, and then they, then they put out the food. So it's, it's for a hotel situation. But if you do tea, you have, to have, um, you have to have all of the boiling water, and you have to have um, the little teacups. And then I, I bring the tea, but then they have to have mm-hmm. the sugar and the spoon. It's an entire table um, filled with, you know, linens and everything else in order to set it up. So... I just never found that the hotels liked the amount of work. The restaurants and hotels do not like the amount of work that's necessary to set up the table for a tea party. And it's just it's just kind of silly because I mean, once you took and you put it together and organized it in your, you know, your pantry of the of the hotel or the restaurant, it really is quite simple to teach somebody mm-hmm. how to do it. But um yeah, I would say that the tea party for the bride to be is probably one of my favorite, favorite things to do, my favorite above all else. And, of course, um, Disney did an Alice in Wonderland um, tea party 
Um, so, and when when Disney does something like that, of course, it's extraordinary and quite beautiful. Yeah. Well, well, you're one of the you're one of the elite to get be a psychic and be involved with Disney. You worked at Club Thirty Three. You've did New Year's Eve there. Right. That's quite a feather in your cap to go through that labyrinth of uh, hurdles. Because right. talent is, you know, they all they do at Disney is no talent from everything, from musicians to all sorts of things. So you've done that, and that's that's pretty incredible. It's hard. It's hard work to take and meet that criteria, and they don't. Um, you sign a contract that you won't. You know, you won't have. You won't drink water. You won't have a breath mint. You won't have a piece of gum. You know, you just. Um, they have everything figured out. The biggest, the biggest benefit in doing, um, I did Holly Madison's baby shower, and then later Holly Madison came back and did her, her wedding there, and that was really a lot of fun. But Disney knows how much work it takes to perform, and they bring you on for 45 minutes, and they take you off for 15 minutes. So they have mm-hmm. the awareness of how much effort is required to work at that level um, of energy, of just giving um, you know, and, and you are you are kind of, I mean, I am kind of dressed up. I mean, it's not what you would consider mm-hmm. a costume, but I am kind of dressed up, and it is kind of restricting in your movement, so you don't have a lot of movement, and then, um, you know, it's it's tough. It's really tough. Working, yeah. for Disney, working for Disney is, in one way, is absolutely wonderful because, they understand what you need to recuperate for 15 minutes before you come back and do another 45 minutes of work. So they schedule you on for hours, but they bring you off. You know, they, they take you out of the spot and they take you off stage for 15 minutes. So Disney is a, is a great situation to work in, in the fact that they have the awareness of what it takes to perform, but um, you have to be... Um, exceptional, you have to be a person who can perform under stress and under pressure and, you know, keep your calm and make it look really good. So it's it's not it's not an easy thing to do at all. No. There's another parties that you do that are really interesting to me interesting to me is the private homes. You'll go huh. into a private home and they'll gather a group of group together. What's the difference? I mean, yeah, it's just totally different. In a hotel, there's sort of structure involved, or Disney, there's a structure. Right. But in a private home, anything goes. I mean, it's just, it's, uh, whole, yeah, how do you see going into a private residence and doing a party? You know, it's funny because I never think about it. You know, you've said that to me before, you know, several times. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I thought, you know, it, it's really um, doing a party inside of somebody's home or doing um, a party inside of um, an, uh, an event hall, um, you know, truthfully, I would rather, in some ways, I would rather be in somebody's private home because there's the awareness that they have to create a spot for me um, and all of those things. I think the number one complaint I have about doing a home party is... Um, when I meet with the host and hostess in the beginning, and I, I'm not I'm not a person who is part of the party. I'm not I'm not part of the family. I'm not part of the party. Right. Um, I'm not I'm not an employee. 
I, I am simply somebody who is being paid by the hour to participate in this event. And so um, it's, kind of, it's kind of difficult because you don't really have, you don't really have much say. And a party is right. about people getting together and having a lot of fun. So the mm-hmm. plus side of the situation is the fact that you have to, um, you you have these people that are aware of the fact that you are taking and, um, you know, doing a party and you need a space. Um, the downside of it is is that um, I can't believe I, I try and I try and get a hold of this person and then you know right when I'm in the middle of a show. Um, <laughs> So, I mean, you know, what am I going to do? Happens all the time. Happens all the time, I guess. Um, I always tell the host and hostess, I say, um, if I have a guest that's had too much to drink or I think is being unreasonable in some way, the only thing that I will do is that I will walk away. And every single time, every host and hostess says, oh, we don't have guests like that. We would never have guests like that in our home. This is what they always say. And and congratulations to those people that only have people that they love, care, and know in their home. And I inevitably find that it's true. It's not one of their friends. It's not one of their family members. No, 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 it's not. It's one of their friends or family members who brought somebody who they don't know that shows up and, you know, <laughs> tries to corner me and, you know, hold me hostage to give them right. a reading. And I am just like, I, I honestly and truly um, have really learned to just never say anything about it, but just say, you know, excuse me, and... um if I have that problem at a really big party, I go and tell my contact person, I've got somebody right. who's had too much to drink, and, right. um, you know, I just have to take, you have to get rid of them. So they're really good at that. They don't have any problem doing it. They're, they're not thinking there's something wrong. But inside of a home, the host and hostess are so busy, they, you really can't call upon them to handle a problem like that. You just can't. Yeah, there's no so, servants around. There's no busboys. There's no anybody you can really go to. It, it takes no. a, like again, it's not a structured of, of events. Right. So, but home parties. Um, I've had some women that took and put together just some absolutely fabulous, um, you know, setups for me. So it was an area that was quiet, and it was a a spot that was you know private, and they decorated it beautifully. I mean, you know, I really have had, you know, some some great experiences in people's homes. And, um, yeah, it's, it's really, really wonderful. The home party in its own way is just as touching, just as loving, and just as interesting as the um, large corporate event, you know, where there's a multitude of things to do. So, um, yeah, I don't ever, I, I never dislike doing home parties. I do have one thing and that is is that I do not do Halloween parties. If you want me to um do a Halloween party, you have to um you have to know me or you have to have somebody uh who knows me really well say this is a person and you can trust this person because I just find that people that 
want a psychic for a Halloween party are not really interested in what it means to have a psychic give readings that are, you know, very spiritual messages. Uh, mm-hmm. They just see it as some sort of tourist trade, sort of um, carnival right. sideshow sort of thing. So it's it's so funny because most people assume that because you work as a party psychic that you'd be only too willing to do Halloween parties. There's plenty of other psychics that you can get for those events, but no, I, I don't do, you have to know me or you have to have somebody that can vouch for you that you will not, you know, you will not treat the psychic readings like, you know, um, the popcorn on the table, but it will actually be a real thing. So Yeah, sort of like the novelty that they're trying to, <laughs> trying to pull off. Huh. What? Yeah. No, well. no, uh, no, no, uh, no Halloween parties, yes. Um, yeah, that is kind of an odd thing. And then, and then the other thing is, is that what's the costume for a Halloween party? I mean, I, I almost always get dressed up as an angel. I put on a white dress and everything else, and I get dressed up as an angel. But I mean, you do have some pretty, you do have some real limitations as to what you can dress up as. Um, that's really a very positive, reinforcing sort of process if you're doing this sort of reading. So it, it's a little bit more complex than people would really understand, but. You know, that's that's the nature of parties. Well, you're known as the best party psychic ever, and you truly are. I mean, I've seen you work, and people, every time I come to pick you up, it's, where's the line? Oh, there's the line. There she is working. So it's an amazing amount of of energy to talk to people and do one reading after another after another. Mm -hmm. Right. Is Is there a type of person you enjoy doing a reading for more than others? Well, so so it's kind of an interesting thing. Um, it seems like such a cliche of a line, but anyway, um, when you when you talk with people that are very intelligent and very educated, they're they're more broad-minded. They're they've seen more of the world. They have more of a cross section of experience. And I'm not talking about I'm not talking about people that are elitist. I'm talking about people that are, you know. They really have put a lot of effort and energy into becoming educated, trained, and qualified in the area of work that they are the very best at. They have more energy to pick up on, and that Mm -hmm. individual will focus on the one thing that I said that I could not have ever known. They will focus Mm -hmm. in on that one remark. They'll say, there's no way you could have known X, Y, and Z, and when you said this, I really knew it was real, and then I started to really listen. And so uh-huh. that individual is the most interesting because, um, you, know, I, you know, it's kind of funny. For all the amount of time and energy that we spend evaluating and um, defining how somebody's talented and what their talents are and what the talents actually mean, very little time is actually spent on understanding how the process is of a psychic. How does a psychic actually pick up energy? And a psychic picks up emotions. Um, mm-hmm. So if you put a psychic in a setting where they're doing readings near the ocean, near the lake, near a stream, near a body of water, obviously it should be natural, that would be preferable, um, the water works as a reflective surface to bring the emotions back on to the psychic, and the psychic can read them and decipher them more rapidly. But most people don't really give a lot of thought to that, but water is a cleanser, water is fluid, I mean, water has all of these qualities that facilitate the process of the reading. So when you sit down with a person who's, you know, has a very de- 
very set idea about what they want for a reading, what they want to talk about, mm-hmm. what they want to hear about, um, how they want to hear about it, and um, what the answer should be, then I really have just the, the width of an ant, and I'm talking about <laughs> not the relative, but the creature on the ground. I have the uh-huh. width of an ant to walk into their thinking and their feeling process and to pull out the information. Um, and so, you know, as, as this has become more mainstream, because, you know, I started, you know, doing parties in 1982, um, as it's become more mainstream, people think that they know more. And, right. you know, and so they really don't know more. They just think that they have seen more and that they actually know more. And I mean, this is not in any way a criticism of them. It's just I think that they miss the um, the fun and the excitement and the energy. If people really understood how different training was for psychics, the training, education, and foundation of our work is so incredibly varied. I mean, there's so many different arenas where people start out working and learning to do psychic readings that there is no way that there is a a set process in order to take and get you a reading. So it, it is very, um, it's much more limiting to listen to a person who thinks that they know how it's supposed to be done, and then they tell me how to do my job and what they want me yeah. to do, and yeah. then they tell me um, if I'm right or if I'm wrong, and then they, they tell me who I should talk to next. And and I think, right. this, I think this is... <laughs> I like to laugh That's about funny. it. Well, yeah, it because you always say how these people would run over you if you didn't stand up and kind of hold your boundaries and... People are so demanding, and they don't really see you as, yeah, like you say, they just think they're putting quarters into a machine here, right? Right. So so I I think that that's one of the primary problems with psychics working in a party environment that they don't really understand, because you have to be able to control the crowd. And really, a smart hostess takes and organizes a crowd control method that suits her event, her party, whatever. But they leave me in charge of crowd control, time control. Um, they leave me in control of so many aspects. It's not just the reading. So <clears throat> I always tell a hostess, you're welcome to interrupt me at any time. Um, mm-hmm. you know, there's, there's nobody who's um, you know, more important than you. And so if you need to interrupt me and tell me something, please do. It's not a big deal. Um, you have to be able to deal with interruptions, and then you have to be able to um, have control of your crowd. And so um, I, I've become really good at spotting women and men who really want to be in control of a situation. And when they mm-hmm. sit down, I tell them, okay, I'm going to do your reading for you now, and I'm going to be taking back control of my job. And they go, what uh-huh. are you talking about? And I say to them, I go, okay, you know how you told you know, Alan to sit in that chair, and you sat in this chair, and then you told your, your girlfriend, Denise, to sit here and everything else? I said, okay. We're all finished with that, and now I'm going to be in control, and I'm going to do my job. And, uh-huh. um, and then the person, the person that's hyper-controlling and is not aware of the fact of how controlling they are, they are like, I don't know what you're talking about. And so I do their reading first, and I, I get rid of them. I make them leave. 
you know, right. politely, of course, but I tell them, you know, you, you have to go back to the party now. <clears throat> but the individual who gets what they've done, they, they stop and then they, they just join into the process. But if, you, if you're not confident and comfortable enough to tell a group of people what you need in order to do readings, you're never going to make it through an hour and you'll be consumed alive. And, and people have this notion that because they've sat in front of me, they're not paying, mm-hmm. by the way. Let's keep right. that in mind. They're not paying for this. I, they sit down in front of me and then they say, okay, all right, you answered that question. Now I want you to answer this question. And as soon as they do that, you know, I tell them, okay, you got to ask one question. And they go, one question? I go, that's your question. And they laugh <laughs> and they get it and they only ask one question. Okay. Yeah. So um, as soon as they do that, I go, you know, I had that, um, I had that thing on the side of my neck where you can drop quarters in and ask questions. <laughs> I had it removed. And right. they, um, they, they kind of do this thing of where they look to the side, then they look at me, and they, and they get it because they're thinking that they are in a, um, you know, we used to have these video arcades. I don't even know if they have them anymore. And there used to be a machine that you could go to, and it, it was, you mm-hmm. know, Zara. Zara gave you this reading, and you dropped these quarters in, and, and you, you know, you put your hands there, and out came this message. And it was just uh-huh. simply about quarters. And people think, I don't know why, but sometimes they just think that I'm just sort of, you know, a machine sitting in front of them and they can drop these quarters in and I will give them their reading. So this is another reason why a lot of psychics don't like doing um, parties. And if if you can't tell somebody, you know, I'm not here to do that for you, then, you know, you've got a whole different problem and you probably should not be working parties because... There's people that will just simply eat you alive. And I've had women come over to the table and tell me, you know, I want you to do this next person, and I want you to do this person, and I want you to take and tell this person about his relationship problems. And, you know, of course I'm really polite, you know, and everything else, and I listen to them. And then I tell them, I go, you know, that's that's really helpful, and I appreciate you, but I got it here. You you go ahead and um, go back to the party and and just let me do my job here, and, and I'll be just fine. Um, the other one I don't like is when a person has had a really nice reading with me and they go and they find their husband and they tell him, they go, you have to do it. And uh-huh. I say, you know, we don't take any hostages here. You know, if he doesn't do it willingly, I'm not going to do it. And they go, and they've usually, you know, they're having fun. They've had a few drinks and they're trying mm-hmm. to convince him. And sometimes I tell them, you know, hey, why don't you see if I can do my job and convince him to do it with me. You know, otherwise you guys got to go back to the party. So, um, but this just simply comes as the result of hard-won experience as the result of doing, you know, parties after parties after parties after parties. And before the Great Recession of 2008, there were many, many weeks where I took and I did three and four parties a week. And and that, you know, now I'm too old for that. I think I've just gotten too old for that. I I can't do that. Next question, Rich. Well, is there a role model? Is there a role model for somebody who has done parties the way you're doing them? I don't think there is. Is there somebody that goes, oh, they're doing it, so I can do it? That's a good one. That's a really good one. One time this woman called me up, and um, you know, I told her what I did and everything else, and she wanted me to take and um, come to a location. At the time, I was you know, I was pretty much, you know, I was pretty much booked, and I was, you know, I really wasn't traveling more than 75 miles outside of my range. That was it. 
And uh-huh. um, she said to me, she said, well, you know, if you can do it, then I can do it. And I go, well, great, thanks for the phone call, you know. Um, but it is it is a lot of, um, it's like anything else. I mean, it's just experience. So um, well, most, most people, when they get into a field, Mm-hmm. They say, "Oh, look at that person! Look what they did for art." You know, I look like a, I look at a Renoir, or I look at a Monet, and I go, "Oh man, I want to do that." How did, how did they live their lives? What did they do? Is right. that, is there anybody in the psychic world, or you, you want to put their poster on the wall as kids do, <laughs> baseball players or somebody, rock stars? They uh-huh. put posters on their wall to say, "Oh, I want to be like that." You know? Uh-huh. Is there a, is there anything in the, in the psychic world that you would? Who, whose poster would you put on the wall if you were? No, it's not. It's not like that. It's really kind of funny because I remember really early on in my life, I thought it would really be great if I came over and there was a group of women, you know, four or five women, and then we would spend the afternoon taking and having like this tea party where we'd, you know, drink a lot of tea and eat a bunch of little sandwiches and um, eat these really super rich, you know, finger desserts. <laughs> And it would be this uh-huh. lovely experience of me taking and sitting and talking about them. And I imagined this over and over and over and over really? again. That this would be the um this would be a way for me to be able to um you know, do readings for people, but I always have liked the idea of <clears throat> excuse me, of doing that in a group sort of situation for a really it's a really simple reason. One is is that if you do it with people that know you, they'll say, Oh, you know what she's talking about and they'll mm-hmm. explain it to they they kind of run interference for me and they explain it to that person and say, Yeah, 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 she's talking about this and they go, Oh, I get it, I get it now. But mm-hmm. So I always like the benefit of that. And then the other part of it was is that um, if you do something um, together as a group, um, there's more components to it and the memory runs deeper. So in theory, the best psychic reading, you don't actually ever remember. Your life changes because of it. That, right. You know, I really wish I could remember who quoted that. But, um, yeah, that's that's it's not... Psychic energy has to have placement, and I think that's one of the things that if you put it into a situation of a gathering, um, a meal, um, part of a party, it has placement, and then in people's mind, they remember that. Now, they may not actually remember what was said in the reading, but they Mm -hmm. remember the event, and they remember getting a reading. So what brings you the most joy from doing parties or doing... Uh, these events. What huh. brings you the? When you, you just come home, what, what makes you most satisfied from doing these parties? I, I think, I think in um, talking with a person who looks at something they've looked at the same way their whole life, and after they have mm-hmm. that conversation with me, their perspective has changed. It has completely changed how they see a person, how they feel about life has gone through a real shift. I don't think um, I don't think that people um, realize that the information that they get assists them 
to make a change that they were ready to make and that mm-hmm. I just happened to show up at that moment. So to me, that's... The other thing, of course, that's wonderful is to be able to give good news. I mean, right. there's something really quite special about being able to give good news. Um, yeah. It's, yeah, no, it's no gotta, Yeah, it's got to be nice, too. You're dealing with, uh, say, 175 people, and then when someone comes along that you really connect with, is that kind of a different feeling, I mean, compared to other people? There's got to be people in the group that you just go, oh, they're maybe easier to read, or you feel a little connection there or something. So... So chemistry, chemistry for finding a psychic that gets you and gets your story and gives you advice that supports that process is the same sort of chemistry that we talk about that happens between people. You know, I, I finish somebody's sentence, um, I say something, and they say, oh, my gosh, I remember that. Mm-hmm. And, then, and then there's things that happen to me as a person and as a psychic that I don't really have an explanation for. I mean, there was a period of time when I could say, you know, when you did this play, this line really um, struck a deep chord inside of you. And, and I did that as a regular sort of commentary with people, um, and that's something that I have not um I haven't done for a really, really long time. But there was a period of time um, when I did readings, I could tell somebody a quote, an author, a play, um, a performance. Mm-hmm. I could quote it. And why those things come and why they go, I have no explanation. So yeah. just, just the fact that you talk with somebody and you connect to something extremely deep, something extremely powerful that goes beyond my understanding and their understanding. I don't listen to what I say to people. Most of the time right. I train myself not to listen to what I say because I'm afraid that if I listen so closely, I will edit it and I will somehow or another censor myself in such a manner mm-hmm. as to not give them the reading that is the real reading. So that's the detachment and and coming from the position of the witness is a really valuable tool in working as a psychic, but um, that does take a lot of training. So we're, we're, we're at the end. Rich, promote yourself. Well, I'm Rich Flynn, and my website is richflynn.com. I'm a wedding and event painter, but I also do commissions, and I also do my own work. And... I'm married to one of the, the best party psychic ever, and that, that's without a doubt. That's not an overstatement, and I love you. Oh, thank you, darling. You're wonderful. Really a great conversation. The hour just flew by. <laughs> so um, uh, you're speaking with Suzanne Wyman, the deep reading connecting you to your soul. I'll be here next week, and you can call me at 714-400-7384. Thank you very much. It's been a great show. Make today great, and um, I will see you, talk to you, and be with you next week. Bye-bye now. Become a Goldilocks Productions VIP patron. Receive exclusive access to live stream special and other epic packs. Join the Goldilocks Productions VIP community today. 
hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.